This baby hits 88 miles per hour. They're gonna see some serious. Welcome back to the Pass Forward Podcast. This is episode 93, The Other Side. Ooh. It's spooky. Oh. It's spooky. That's from uh, from Poltergeist? Poltergeist 2. Right. I was going to say that. you didn't know. Yeah. With me, as always, are my fellow ghouls, Aww. Colin Harmon. Yeah, I'm afraid of most things in general. <laughs> and Wes Allen. Thrill me. <laughs> so it has been a minute it has been a while it's welcome back minutes. guys yeah it's like three or four minutes maybe a uh, minimum four minutes yeah maybe six minutes i remember you Corey. who's the other guy that we record with i forget oh, his yeah. uh, i don't know the other guy was i thought was clean shaven so this one's kind of throwing me off yeah uh, yeah I'll, I'll fill in for now at least if that's okay okay, okay. Mr. Beardy, Colin Harmon, oh, we yeah. are now full full bearded crew, which I feel like we touched on last time actually. Yeah, I'm but tr- I'm trying to keep up with you guys, you know. Our yeah, beard game still is still going. going strong collectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, it has been a while and we're like, you know what? It's been a while, mm-hmm. but we have to do a Halloween episode. This is a yearly tradition. Mm-hmm. Halloween that is that we haven't done right in 2 years. <laughs> what? Did we not do one last year? I don't think so. Us. Oh man! You guys should get so the regular then, guy to like enforce that kind of stuff. Meanwhile, yeah, me th- filling right. in. Yeah, I think you had a baby or something last year, so I don't know if Gross. we did that. I did have a baby. That's right. I personally had a baby. Yeah, all by yourself. Um, I remember that? Yeah, that was a very terrifying event. Yeah, enough Halloween for all of us. Just, <laughs> so much news coverage you were on. It was really wild. Yeah. Yes. Well, that baby is now fully grown. I know it, and um, it carries you around, right? I think it's right. That's true. Yeah, well, she has, yeah, she has the Jack disease. Uh-huh. So she's a 40 year old man now. <laughs> yeah, it's really exciting. <laughs> so, anyway, Jack, that was is, a scary movie. That was, that was a scary, true, yeah. terrifying if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah a 40 year old man hanging out with a bunch of 10 year olds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty creepy. Yeah, usually on the news for a different reason, which is very exciting for the situation. Yeah, <laughs> very exciting. I'm sure you all missed us and missed this. Thank you for staying subscribed. Um, thank you for listening. I don't know if anybody else is listening to this. It may be just our mothers now at this point. Um, yeah. I guess it kind of always was. Not my mom, but, yeah. but thanks, Corey's mom. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks to those of our mothers who are still listening to this. Uh-huh. And we're glad to be back. So um, we have to do a Halloween episode. We will be back later with a news episode, but it's just, it's almost Halloween. So we got to talk about horror movies. This mm. is obviously driven by Wes Allen, who is the only person who actually enjoys horror movies of this group. <laughs> but we're going to talk about it. We're going to do our old good, bad, ugly game with horror movies from the 80s and 90s. I can't wait to get into it. Should be good. So how about we just go ahead? Mm. Um, we're going if you don't if you're if you're new to this podcast what we do is we talk about the things that were good that we loved that really bring us the nostalgia feels that we like to watch again we talk about the bad which are kind of guilty pleasures so bad that it's good feeling to us and then there's the ugly the things that we just do not like at all and think should never have existed Mm -hmm. so we're gonna get into that colin Harmon, i want to know 
What is your good horror movie? You know, I don't know if this falls into the good uh, horror movie category, but it's as horror as my brain will allow me to go, especially as a, you know, a guest on this podcast at this point. But uh, I feel like for me, uh, Gremlins as a horror movie at the age that I saw it at was a definitive horror movie. Mm, okay. Uh, because I, feel I would like say it's time, a horror movie. Okay, good. That makes me feel so. better. Yeah, because I feel like it coming out at the time that I saw it, it was, it was a, a movie unlike ET in a weird way that I feel like I watched it and I'm like, but is this real? Like I watched it in an era of like, but what? I have nothing to prove that this isn't accurate. Mm. Like I hadn't lived enough life to know that, like things like this exist that are lies, allegedly, and so it all felt very real to where like, am I gonna get a weird gremlin under my? under my Christmas tree and not know that it's trying to actually kill me if I get it wet by accident or anything. Spoiler. And I think there's like a part of it that, uh, it really, it really did stress me out about like all of my plush toys at the time. And like, there are so many things about it that sort of like became triggers after watching it that I didn't realize (laughs) were actually triggers before watching it. It was actually a really haunting one for me. Uh, in some weird way i'm with you i think that yeah i think i was pretty freaked out by it as a kid and i think a part of it too is it's you know this cute little cuddly thing yeah and so it kind of freaking gives as you bought in you give it your trust um but then you know you give it too much of your trust and then suddenly you're dead yeah and 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 even just in like the yeah even just like in the in the, yeah, and certainly in the cuddliness of it all, but even just like in the way that it was made of it wasn't garbage CG at the time. It was all like stop motion or puppets or whatever. So even from how we were used to experiencing movies, it was very real. It was very like in focus, if you will, <laughs> like in some sense, like there wasn't like, oh, this was a garbage cutscene or it cut away or it was blurry or whatever. It was like, no, this is a, a real stop motiony kind of real life thing that made it very visceral for me as like a viewer in some way. Yeah, it was a tricky thing. I've probably mentioned this a million times, but it's the movie this and Temple of Doom are the movies that made them have a PG-13 rating because they didn't have that before. They had a G, PG, and rated uh-huh. R. So this was rated PG, and this is exactly what made them make the PG-13 rating because oh, wow. we all went and saw this as kids thinking, it's like, oh, this should be good. It's not rated R. It's a little kiddie movie, but it's like, yeah, it was terrifying, and it terrified so many kids that they justified making a whole other rating system for it. <laughs> Yeah, and and even going back and like watching the whole trailer of it, like even now, like the trailer even alone is so deliberately hokey and playful and silly and like bop, 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 that mm-hmm. the whole time gets your trust. Yeah, it sort of earns like, oh, this is going to be like a silly semi Home Alone esque like thriller movie only to find out that it's absolutely horrifying (laughs) in some weird ways and like there's so much goopy stretchy grossiness that obviously like is triggering in its own way for my own brain so well it warms my heart that after all the years of knowing you that you would put gremlins as your good and anything in this category for me (laughs) it is a good in that sense like it's disgusting and gross and terrifying but of this category 
it falls into the good. I'll give it that. Yeah, it does its job. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll go next because I feel like Wes should go last in all of these. Mm-hmm. Well, um, don't put too much pressure on me. <laughs> <laughs> My good is Scream. Mm. Yes. The original Scream. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like you, Colin, am not big on horror movies. This one, I don't know why, but it got me in the right spot where it properly scared me. But I think I was able to appreciate, especially later, um, as I got older, just how unique of a movie it was where it didn't take itself so seriously. It kind of made fun of horror movies and horror tropes, but at the same time was a horror movie in and of itself. It's a slasher movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no like monsters or anything, but... Uh, I think that it definitely was unique enough where it stood out to me that I actually really loved it and still love it. And now it's pretty iconic. And it's, of course, is another one of those things that they're reviving and they keep bringing sequels back for mm-hmm. it. But um, this one was one I it's see. Yeah, I it probably came out when I was in like sixth grade. Uh, but so I wasn't able to see it when it came out but then of course i saw it when it came out on vhs not too later um too much later Mm -hmm. and creeped me out freaked me out but i still really liked it and thought i was so cool for having seen scream at that young of an age oh sure yeah which and it's one of those movies like i i don't know the lore around it but i feel like the mask from scream is Mm, magically as a visual like almost as a logo of the movie iconic almost beyond the movie in some weird way. It's actually really yeah. horrifying beyond the plot of the movie. It's impressive. My brother got the mask and the uh, the face glows in the dark. Mm. And he put it on a hat rack that was in our, I shared a room with him. <laughs> he put it on a hat rack that was in our room. So it was like looking down upon no. me as I was, as I was sleeping Not cool. and that freaked me out. Unlike, but, man. <laughs> yeah, it's that. like to, to your point, Scream was such a breath of fresh air when it came out because like it, it referenced it, it referenced horror movies in itself and it like, if I feel like other, especially slasher movies, they, the characters are not smart. They don't, they're not savvy. They don't know, like, you know, what happens in horror movies. They, they're just stupid, but it's like the characters in that movie, they're all savvy as far as like horror movies go. And they're like, Oh, they knew the rules. They knew everything of like what you do and don't do. So it's like, that was something that was refreshing because, Oh, horror movies actually exist in this universe. They're, they're Mm. not just dumb. So that was something that was so refreshing about it. And for my good, I almost did uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which came out mm. a couple of years before Scream did. And, you know, Wes Craven did Scream. And I feel I honestly feel like Scream wouldn't have existed if it weren't for New Nightmare, because it had a very meta thing with mm. New Nightmare where it was like, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies existed and it, it took place in real life with the actors that played in, in, in the movies and all that stuff. So it's like, I feel like you don't get to scream without Wes Craven doing a uh, new nightmare. So, but yeah, very good pick Corey. Did you ever see the Wes Craven movie red eye? It came out in the early two thousands had Rachel McAdams. Yeah. Cillian Murphy. I saw it in theaters. I don't, I I don't remember much that. from it. I don't think but. so. I feel like that was the last Wes Craven movie I saw. That might have been uh, the last one he 
did. No. Yeah, I don't know. He's probably done it. It might have been. That was like 2006, 2005 or something like that. But it was a good movie. I thought it was. But it kind yeah. of just disappeared into the ether, never to be spoken about again. So. Yeah, I don't remember. Anyway, that, that was a tangent. <laughs> what, what is your good? Um. Well, I was kind of debating, debating, debating how niche I wanted to get with my picks, but <laughs> um, I decided to kind of, for the sake of good conversation with us, because you know, of me and you guys, um, I'm going to keep my picks kind of based more on the well-known franchises. Um, and my tendency is to go straight to '80s horror because that's where all the good stuff is. <laughs> but I decided, I decided to stick with just '90s for my picks. Um, so for my good, I picked a movie that was very much inspired by scream Halloween H2O. Ah, okay. And it was, I think it's the seventh Halloween movie. It came out in 1998 and I was bouncing back and forth whether this would be my good or my bad, but. Dang it, I'm just going to own it because I love this movie. Um, <laughs> if there's such thing as like a comfort horror, this is it for me. Like every Halloween, I look forward to watching this much like I do Christmas Vacation or something <laughs> at Christmas. And it's like more and more the years go by. I just like can't wait to watch it. And I I remember when this movie came out in video. And at the time, uh, Hollywood video was somewhat kind of new on the scene. Did you guys ever go to Hollywood video? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. But like in the late nineties, uh, my family kind of bounced between, uh, Hollywood video and blockbuster, but they used to have this guaranteed for certain new releases. Um, so when H2O H2O came out, I remember they had like an entire wall full of the VHSs of H2O. <laughs> and it's like the craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, but if you don't know much about this movie, it takes place 20 years after the original Halloween came out. That's why they have the completely sophisticated title of H2O. <laughs> um, but Laurie Strode is now an adult with a teenage son played by Josh Harnett, which was I like super it. big at the time. Yeah. Um, so dreamy. Yeah. And she's the dean of a private boarding school and changed her name to hide from Michael Myers. And no one knows her past. But of course, Michael Myers finds the school where she works and killing ensues. And <laughs> like I said, that this was very much inspired by Scream. Like, I feel like the the Halloween franchise was kind of had a, a lot of bad sequels and it was kind of in dormant at the time. But I feel like. Scream kind of gave it the oomph that it needed, like to re- revitalize the slasher genre. And it's like, okay, let's let's take advantage of this. So they had the like savvy teens and everything that are likable and all that stuff. And usually the teens in slasher movies, you hate them, but they're actually likable. Mm-hmm. Um, and this may be a hot take, but I'll say that this movie is the strongest of the Halloween sequels, and that's even more than the 2018 movie that came out. Hmm. Um, I know that's probably an unpopular opinion, but like, I feel like they just handle Laurie's character way better than they did in the recent movie, but that's just me. But yeah, that's my pick. It's quality. Well, I wish I could add to that, but... I, as a scaredy cat, have not seen it. So yeah. it's one of those few that I watched a long time ago, and is definitely still okay. in like the regret category. Like I remember, like <laughs> watching the trailer again. I remember watching this. I'm like, oh yeah, that's the one that I went to like 
I probably should have gone to counseling for for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> just never did and stuffed it down like a real American boy. It's really good. And the thing, go. the thing about it is that it's not compared to a lot of horror movies. It's pretty tame as far as its violence and scary factor. But it's like for some reason I just love it. Like I said, it's just comforting. I don't know. It's like yeah. a warm horror blanket, a bloody blanket. And like, yeah, and the soundtrack and the like, the starkness of the color grade and everything. There was like a lot that the '90s were doing. They're putting a lot of effort in to make everything borderline as horrifying as possible. Oh yeah. And putting Creed in the soundtrack. <laughs> hey, Scream, Scream 2, I believe, had yeah. Creed very featured in their Man, soundtrack. They all did. Scream 3. Maybe it was Scream 3. It was probably what, what if? What if? Okay. <laughs> so, moving on to the bad. So bad that it's good. You're almost embarrassed to say that you like it. I know. Colin, what do you have for us? You know, it's funny. I watched this movie more than I'm proud of, but it also haunts me more than I'm proud of. And that is uh, Arachnophobia, starring Jeff Daniels. Uh, which mm. is unfortunate, because later in his career, he definitely redeemed himself in Dumb and Dumber in a way that I, I almost Totally redeemed him himself. For. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally redeemed Yeah, himself. in a way that uh, his quote almost lives his legacy. And, <laughs> and uh, it's watching back through this trailer, like I remember being absolutely horrified watching this movie. Like forever made spiders way more the nemesis in my life than they actually were in their eight-legged scenario. Uh, but man, watching it now, watching it, I'm like, this isn't scary. Like in a weird way, like it's so weird to, I almost want to go back and watch the entire thing again at at the age that I'm at now, because like, it doesn't seem scary, even though it was absolutely horrifying at the time. Like the scene where he is, uh, spray paint lightering, like over like all of the spiders, (laughs) like, Oh, I, I tried that so many times with what was not spiders in my childhood so many times. And it was very exciting. But also, I realized I was reliving the Jeff Daniels from this movie uh, in a way that my body was not ready for at the time. Yeah, dude. Like, uh, what Jaws was to sharks, arachnophobia was to spiders as far as, like, what made Mm. people kind of... Spiders are already scary, but, like, it heightened the, like, you know, the phobia of spiders, I feel like. Because just the sheer number of spiders that were in this movie and the size of them and all that stuff is... Yeah. yeah, and it's and like similarly, I saw. No, sorry, I was saying similarly, like to Gremlins, like the spiders weren't like goofy CG Harry Potter spiders. Like they were stop motion drawn over each frame, kind of like freaky real spiders that they posed <laughs> forever. Like it took some time to make these actually work, so they were ultimately more horrifying in a weird way. Yeah, yeah I, that's one of the movies that I've uh, I I only saw the TV version of, uh, and that's interesting. Uh, it's I think that's by the time I finally saw it, it was past the point of where it would have freaked me out, <laughs> and I saw the campiness of it and thought it was actually just pretty funny. Yeah, but at the same time, I still enjoyed it. It was not one of those things like what is this? It was actually still a very entertaining movie. Yeah, honestly, I saw only saw it for the first time from front to back like a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, like I had seen bits and pieces on TV, but it's like I hadn't actually sat down and watched it, uh, the whole thing. But it's like, yeah, it, it's just a fun movie. I don't know. It's like, it's like 
yeah, it may not be scary, but it's just fun. And I, I do feel like it's very well respect, respected in the horror community. So, like, mm. I don't know. Yeah. And just some of the silliness that, like, John Goodman as a character brings to it, like, prior to his, like, more known comedic career in some sense. Like, he's certainly silly in this and had been silly before, but uh, it wasn't necessarily a breakout role for him, but just him being, like, the person who didn't realize they were being funny in this movie was... It was very fun. <laughs> so my bad movie um, is one I've talked about before on this podcast, and it's Child's Play. <laughs> um, this one is one that is a very stupid concept, <laughs> but it works somehow. <laughs> it's about a doll that becomes possessed by uh, the spirit of a serial killer and decides to use this doll body to keep killing <laughs> and um somehow he keeps pulling it off that little rascal <laughs> even though everybody's so much bigger than he is and stronger mm-hmm. uh this so th- and I've, I've said this before on the podcast but i'll tell it again this movie i i never actually watched until i was way older but my grandmother had these recorded VHS tapes that she just kind of kept for when she had the grandkids over of like Looney Tunes and like Disney cartoons and things like that. So when we'd go to her house, we'd pop the VHS tapes in. Uh, and I, there was a specific one that was a Looney Tunes Halloween special. That I'm sure you guys might have seen it. It's pretty popular. Yeah, uh, I think I know Tunes what you're talking about. Thing. But during the commercial breaks on this VHS was a trailer for child's play. And so this is like before the FCC's regulating advertising during kids programming. And for good reason, they do that now uh, because the trailer itself like traumatized. Oh, it's me. terrifying. Yeah. Like with the hammer and, and the, throwing the mom out the window and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And like I, the, then like hiding from him, he's stabbing a knife through the wall, like next to their head. And so this caught this like, I was probably five or six and maybe even younger than that, honestly. And for the next, I don't know how many years, I mean, it was multiple years, maybe through to when I was 10, I had recurring nightmares of different ways in which Chucky was after me to kill me. Like it traumatized me that bad. Um, To the point where like, anytime I saw a commercial about anything about it, I just, I immediately got, I was afraid. So, and it turned into like a mini phobia of dolls, honestly. But uh, <laughs> it all came to a head when I one time had a dream again. Chucky was after me, and I just had a realization in the dream. What am I doing? This is a stupid doll. <laughs> and I turned around and I punted him like I just kicked him, <laughs> and I wasn't scared of him anymore. Ah. And since then, I, I I never had a dream about him again. It was pretty kind of cool psychologically what that did in my brain. But um, anyway, all I have to say is that that's my bad category because I did eventually see it. And it is really stupid, a dumb concept. <laughs> but that gummit, like it got me. Oh, you sure. know, it's one of those things where it and, you know, they, they keep reviving it. They keep remaking it. So there's still, you know, there's an audience out there for it. Um, but and it's a unique concept, too. And it does it does hit on a phobia like with spiders that people have yes oh yeah 
and it was like the height of the my buddy craze too so it yes. really tied in with that so yes yeah i definitely did not like the my buddy commercials and it's like to your point it's like i recently did a rewatch through all of them because the new chucky tv show uh, like i hadn't seen a lot of the back half of them but like i watched them all in order and they just get sillier and sillier like a lot of once you get to like bride of chucky and on they kind of get silly on purpose um yeah they're very kind of self-aware and how stupid the concept is but yeah it's like I will say the first three are really good. Like I, I always was a fan of the second and third one specifically for some reason. But yeah, the, yeah, the third one where, is the third one where he goes to like a military school. Yeah, and replaces the paintball bullets with actual yeah. bullets. <laughs> yeah, and there's like a like really cool like carnival that they go to where it's like this like very like a haunt where it's like looks really like. Uh, just incredible set pieces of like skeletons and just like this like haunted house kind of looking thing. It's so elaborate and so cool looking. I'm like, Oh, I want to go there. That looks awesome. I wish <laughs> they actually had things like that. Yeah. This is one of those movies that like I used to haunt my cousins. Like I had a, my buddy doll <laughs> and I would, they would come over to my house and I would, we'd be hanging out for, you know, an hour or whatever. And I would come out of my room carrying my buddy doll and just chase them around our house. I would have hated you. Yeah, I was very hateable in that moment. Like, top-notch hateable. <laughs> but man, it was fun. Because it was so similar. It was horrifyingly similar. Yeah. yeah. By design. <laughs> it's almost like they did that on purpose. Weird. Very weird. Okay, for my bad, I, I'm going to do Pet Cemetery 2. And it's like... <laughs> I know that people always love the first Pet Cemetery, and it's like I don't feel like most people acknowledge the second one, and it's it was based on a Stephen King book. The first one was, but I always thought that both of them, Pet Cemetery one and two, were like such a great pair, um, hmm. and I usually love watching them back to back. And there's two things that are pretty personal to me about this movie. And the first one was when I was probably uh, like 10 or 11, my family was on vacation in Florida and it was our last night at the condo where we were staying and we were going to be driving back the next morning. And back then I was like 10. So it's like, I didn't have like a Walkman or CD player. I wasn't really into music or anything at the time. So driving seven or eight hours home was extremely boring to a kid in the mid nineties. If you didn't have like a, a Walkman or something. Yeah. So I somehow convinced my parents to let me stay up all night so that I could be tired enough just to sleep in the car on the way back. And somehow <laughs> they let me do this. I don't know. This was nineties <laughs> parents, I guess. But um, so naturally to keep me up, I watched TV and the first thing that was on TV was the first pet cemetery, which, um, I had seen before. It's probably the first horror movie I remember seeing when I was young. Um, but right after it uh, came on Pet Cemetery 2, and I hadn't seen it. I didn't even know it existed at the time. Um, so, so anytime I think of Pet Cemetery 2, I I just think of being like super delirious at like two o'clock in the morning, just trying to trying my best just to kind of muscle through the night so it's like which i think is probably the best time to watch horror movies it's just like super late at night and you're just like oh <laughs> like i feel like your brain plays tricks on you at that point mm -hmm. um but 
the other thing that's super personal to me about this movie is that it was filmed in the town right next to where I grew up in. I grew up in Fayetteville and it was filmed in Sonoya and Peachtree City, Georgia. And at that time, it was extremely rare that a movie was filming anywhere in Georgia. And now they film everything here. So it's like, you know, throw a rock and they film a Marvel movie. But um, the main town in the movie is also where they filmed some of season three of Walking Dead. If I don't know if you guys watched it, but if you remember the governor, the dude with the eye patch, his town was oh, yeah. the same place that they filmed the town scenes in Pet Cemetery, Pet Cemetery 2. Hmm. And if you're, I've been to this filming location since they've filmed Walking Dead and all that. And if you're looking at the town, if you turn 180 degrees around, that's where they filmed Alexandria for a lot of the seasons for Walking Dead. The, the, the community, the fenced-in community where they had a lot of, a lot of the story took place. Huh. Um but yeah, I, I love Pet Cemetery too. I know a lot of people don't or even don't even know it exists, but I, I just love watching it. Pet Cemetery is one of those things that it's like I, 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 I think I just heard of it. I don't even think I saw a trailer and I'm like, nope, <laughs> I'm good. I had a cat uh, that got uh, run over when I was in like first grade. So uh, it's yeah, like, nope, that's, nope, nope. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. The only like context I have for that entire franchise, I've obviously, uh, as you might have guessed, have never watched it. <laughs> but having read having read uh, Stephen King's book on writing, where he like talks about all of the way that he writes and his process and how he goes about creating stories and where he gets his inspiration from, whatever he talks a lot about Pet Cemetery in some sense. And he's like, I don't really know how I got here, but like it worked in some weird sense. Like, <laughs> and so the sequel obviously is not necessarily his, uh, exactly to the, but in the same way, like he was like the original thing worked. Like there's a reason I didn't write the sequel kind of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's <laughs> kind of funny to, uh, hear that one come up in some weird way. That's like the only context I have for the entire franchise. Cause I know they've made a few more even since that one, like one or two since then. Right. Well, they've remade the first one and I know that okay. they're, we've talked about a few months ago there. I think they're making a TV series, yeah. based on the idea of it i don't know um but yeah i've always kind of liked the second one because it kind of ups the first one because the first one involves a cat and a toddler so it's kind of that that chucky mentality of like the hell is this kid mm. just like walking around with a scalpel and stuff but it's like um the second one involves like a big dog instead of a cat and they involves like one of the kids stepfathers who's a sheriff who basically kind of turns into a zombie so i feel like and there's a lot of other things that kind of happen but i feel like it kind of ups the ante for me where it's like okay now that's scary even though it's like the tone of pet cemetery one is super serious and it's like almost dramatic and sad in a way um but the second one is just kind of goofy and like kind of over the top but it's like it just i don't know it it, it hits what I would want in a title of Pet Cemetery, (laughs) if that makes sense. I like that. All right, moving on to the uglies. Colin, what is the ugliest horror movie for you? Uh, See, this is like, uh, this is only ugly to me. Maybe be great to somebody else, but like the entire uh, franchise of the Body Snatchers in some sense I know it has a lot of legacy. It came around like there was an early version in the, like the 50s or something like that, and there's another version in the 70s. 
but my first exposure to it was in the 1993 version, Body Snatchers, which I think was made for like 80 to $90 or so it seemed, uh, aside from like the helicopter rental. But uh, for whatever reason, that movie, the, the context in which I watched it, which was like at one of my friend's house whom I'd never stayed over their house at before, and their mom went to bed really early. And so we were up late, like watching weird videos and that kind of stuff, which I think were like short films. And then the movie we had rented from Blockbuster that was Body Snatchers. And staying over at somebody's house after watching Body Snatchers, trying to go to sleep after a movie that basically haunts you for going to sleep uh, <laughs> was not a success. <laughs> To say the least, and so which I think is it was already fr- hard to sleep at friends' houses anyway, because right. it's like you're an unfamiliar place. And so I think the whole context of like going into this movie, and even then, sort of realizing like this doesn't seem well made because I'm watching it in like VHS quality already. I think it was just like oddly horrifying in every category contextually, to where like I remember calling my mom like really early in the morning on their phone before everybody else woke up, being like, "I need you to come pick me up," <laughs> and be like, "Shut up, go to sleep." <laughs> I was like, "I can't." Uh, it was like a very weird, uh, scary thing at the time. That it's probably a fine movie. I will admit I have not gone back and watched any second of it other than the trailer, in preparation for this exact moment. <laughs> Uh, but there are lines in it that, like, I still hear my brain saying every once in a while. And uh, it, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the newer version of it, but it was absolutely horrifying in some weird way. Well, this is rare. I, I have not seen it. I've seen all the other movies mentioned wow. tonight, but I've not. I've seen the original, the 50s version, and the 70s mm-hmm. version, but I've never seen uh, the 90s version. Um, but. Yeah, which the 70s version has a couple good, like, notoriously uh, well-known GIFs, yes, out of, like, there's some weird GIF reactions that have come out of that one that I have seen that seeing that one later in life didn't freak me out as much as seeing this one as, like, a very formative year in my life. But for some reason, like, the weirdly low production value at the time of this one mixed with, like, how absolutely horrifying the concept is, I don't know, it just got to me in a weird way. Okay, well, my ugly, I actually have a hot take ugly that I'll save if we have time. But the ugly that I have, it, we, it's bringing Stephen King back around, which we, you know, there's been, some st- there's been some stinkers that have been movies based off of books by Stephen King. Oh, yeah. This one is one that was based off of Stephen King. Was it a Stephen King novel? It was definitely directed by Stephen King. Yeah. Uh, and that's Maximum Overdrive. No. Yeah, I know that he directed and wrote it. I don't, I don't know for sure I if think it was just, based off a book or not. Yeah, I, don't I don't think, think it was. Yeah, uh, he should stick to books because <laughs> this one is pretty um, hilarious if you watch it. Uh, just the concept is basically there are, if I remember correctly, um, there's this like a, a, a event in space, like a, it's not like an eclipse, but it's like a solar cloud of some sort. I think that aliens are hiding behind, and then they are able to then control all of the machines on Earth, and therefore all the naturally the, all the machines turn around and attack all the humans. Um, so, it could be kind of a cool concept if maybe done nowadays, but. 
in the 80s with Emilio Estevez. Uh, it's just, uh, it's not great. It's about a bunch of cars turning angry and going after people, but also there's a soda machine that turns on a Little League team, <laughs> spits out cans of Coke, and kills their coach with cans of Coke. Um, this is pretty bad. I, uh, yeah, I remember watching it on TV as a kid, and for sheer entertainment, I kept watching it. I just could not believe how dumb it was. And I think the entire soundtrack is ACDC, right? Something like that. <laughs> oh. I, I didn't know that, but that's pretty funny. Yeah. Looking into it, it was based off of a short story by Stephen King called Trucks that okay. he wrote uh, in the 70s. Um, but I, I guess because it was a short story, it wasn't really you know fleshed out of any kind. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. What you think about it, like, again, the concept, it's like, okay, we, we rely heavily on machines. What if machines turn against us? Yeah, okay, Terminator, we get that. So it can be a cool concept. Uh, the execution, I mean, just so cheesy. I bet I bet if you watch the trailer, you can just get right from that, that it's the hokiness, and you just it's hard to really take seriously at all. I mean, it's like a horror movie with Emilie Estevez, so it's like, that's all you really need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, My Ugly is a remake in 1998 of Psycho. And so the original Psycho from 1960 by Alfred Hitchcock is a mm -hmm. classic and mm -hmm. a masterpiece, really. Um, so some jokers in 1998 decided they wanted to remake it, which seems <laughs> like a bad... Redo Alfred Hitchcock. Yes. In his most famous film. Which seems like a bad idea no matter which way you spin it, but... What they ended up doing was not really remaking it, but they essentially just reshot the original movie. <laughs> Virtually <laughs> shot, shot for shot, line for line. Um, so all they were really doing was trying to make the movie more attractive to modern audiences. Much like the Lion King that came out a couple of years ago, <laughs> where it's like pretty much a shot for, for shot remake. Um, but it just had the, all the soul sucked out of it, which mm -hmm. is very much what Psycho was. And this Psycho was pretty much uh, a failure just on simply existing. But to make matters worse, they cast Vince Vaughn as Norman Bates, <laughs> yeah, which was just a terrible choice. And he did a. It's like I like Vince Vaughn's Vince Vaughn in a lot of comedic roles but it's like this was just not the role for him especially for something so iconic as norman bates and all that so he probably hasn't slept since yeah it's ugh. so please never watch this it's pointless <laughs> and soulless and just do your favor and watch the original one like you're supposed to i, I mean talk about setting yourself up for failure I like know. let's hey let's remake the most famous movie from the most famous director and like, oh, we can do this better. I mean, I'm sure that's probably not what they were thinking, but that's kind of what they were doing. Like the the gall to do that. It's just like, no, man, just leave it alone. It's a classic. It will always be one. Like, you know, people are going to watch your film and compare it to the other one. It's like, oh, no, 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 we're doing shot for shot. It's like, nope, still, nope. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to be the same. I don't care that it's still in color. sucks. <laughs> it's in color. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, you know, like you said, Vince Vaughn, like the actors are not going to be the same. So it's not going to have the same heart behind it, the same soul behind it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, they tried really hard. I mean, I appreciate that it has Julianne Moore in it in some sense, only for her like ability to be yeah, afraid. That's the and only crying, redeeming but... fact about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
What a weird one. And William H. Macy obviously is a is a quality actor to add to anything, but yeah. maybe not even in this mm-hmm. case. Yeah. Yeah. Even he seemed pretty goofy in this movie, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I agree with well, that. Well, there you, there you have it. That's our good, bad, and ugly. Do we guys do? We, do we have honorable mentions we want to throw out there. I want to hear your honor. I want to hear your honor honorable mention. So yeah, I have an honorable mention for ugly. The reason I did not mention it is because it's actually right outside of our our window. Mm. We usually stick to eighties and nineties, uh, and this is just outside of it. And this is the ring. Mm. Which is mm-hmm. okay, hailed okay, as a okay. pretty iconic and classic horror movie that a lot of people love and a lot of people were scared of. I, in fact, my own brother was terrified of it, and you know he's just, like he's four years older than me. I think we we were both in high school, or I was in high school, he was in college, or I was in middle school, he was in high school when it came out. I can't remember what the dates on it, but I remember sitting there and watching it. This is this is a pro- problem that happens with a lot of movies, right? You a movie comes out, you hear all the hype surrounding it. So you have that expectation risen right. to a certain point. And so then you watch it expecting something and you get something completely different. Uh, and my experience with the ring was like, I was just bored out of my mind <laughs> watching it. I just, I, I don't know what it was, but the concept of the girl coming out of the TV and the warning from the, watching the videotape and all that stuff. Like it just, it did not connect with me at all. I'm like, this is a dumb concept. Um, and I, I just, for whatever reason, could not get into it. It did not connect to me at all. And I could not believe it actually angered me that it scared people. Like, I'm like, what are you like? Funny. Well, you, okay. I was scared of a doll, but like this thing, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Something I know very well about you is that you hate when things are overhyped. I remember you were that way about Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like that. So I was, but I do recognize at least with Guardians yeah. that it is a good movie. Yeah. Like it's still probably in my top five to eight of Marvel movies, but with with the Ring, yeah, well, I, I'm that way with Napoleon Dynamite too. That's really that's like I I will admit to you, and it's going to make you mad, but like you know, I don't get scared by movies. Really, I enjoy them, and I feel safe watching them. I'm fine. But there's probably two or three movies, and The Ring was one of them that got me. Um, but it's like I also saw it opening weekend, and it's like Same. it was a packed house. I was Same. actually <laughs> sitting in the aisle because it, there wasn't like any available seats. Oh, like wow. I saw The Ring sitting in the aisle with everybody just so freaking out. Yeah. So. Yeah, that means I mean, that honestly, that makes a huge difference. I mean, I I remember I saw it after it came out on video. And so we watched it like in my bonus room at home, which, you know, we had a good sound system, a good TV and everything. Mm -hmm. But that's just not the same. Yeah, I saw the ring. uh, It was in um, Enid, Ohio, in (laughs) what I found at the time after the lights came up at the end movie that was uh, Homecoming Weekend. Uh, in Enid, Ohio, in October, for whatever reason, and it was all like freshman girls in there, and me and oh, like great. one of the guys that I was there with, and for whatever reason, it was everything that happened, everything, yep. everyone screamed, <laughs> and it was like the most horrifying way to take on a movie that I had not seen before. It was awful. It was so to Wes's point, like it is one of the movies that scared the absolute garbage out of my body at that point <laughs> now seeing it again now i'm like okay i can look at it with like a different objectivity but at the time it was horrifying i totally agree well and also if you remember it got so popular that it was parodied like crazy oh, yeah. yeah 
and I had seen a lot of those parodies even before seeing it. So uh, that really okay. dulled down that makes the a lot scariness of sense. to me. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever go back and watch uh, Ring, the original like Japanese version? Oh, like Ringu or whatever? Ringu, yeah. Uh, yeah, the original no. one. I, I saw that. In, I had a film class in college, and they kind of went through different genres, and they had a horror section, and we watched Ringu and studied that. And I I don't know if it, if it was because I was so uh, much familiar with the Ring I, I, I didn't I didn't get into it much and it's like I, I I I don't have a thing against foreign films at all I actually love them and subtitles and all that don't bother me but it's like for whatever reason the story I just couldn't get into it that much mm. yeah. I guess because I just had the expectation of the other one but yeah I don't know. but all right any other honorable mentions you guys want to throw out there um, Goods, I, bads, or uglies. I almost went outside of our parameters too. And, um, like I said, I, I had did a rewatch of all the Chucky movies and I, in the past, I have only seen up to Bride of Chucky. I hadn't seen anything past then. So I've rewatched all of them and 2004 seed of Chucky is the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> it is horrible the concept the way that they did it and it even culture at the time was horrible is very much that kind of mtv kind of paris hilton britney spears kind of uh, era in life where it's like mtv was <laughs> taking a nosedive and just horrible the paparazzi kind of thing was mm-hmm. booming and it was just I, I i hate that time in history just to begin with but it's like to kind of center a movie around it was just awful so bad. Um, thankfully, the movie after that they kind of went back to the roots. Uh, uh, Curse of Chucky, Chucky was really good. So, thankfully, it kind of found its feet after that. But it's like Seed of Chucky is just awful. So bad. That's funny. Yeah, I feel like the genre for my brain, which in that Chucky category, uh, real quick, like Problem Child as some weird sequel of Chucky. It, <laughs> is hilarious in my brain. Uh, I don't know if that actually like qualifies at all in this, but it, it reminds me of it. It does not, but that's really funny. <laughs> it is. Um, but for me, like the two like honorable mentions outside of our era is like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Jessica Biel and like the new <laughs> version of uh, Amityville Horror. Uh, you guys... With Ryan Reynolds? Yes. Ugh. Which I... Uh, if it's not clear by this point, like I adore Ryan Reynolds, and that was a very weird horror role to see him in, but yeah. still obviously adorably him. But it made me go back and watch the original one, and I was like, oh, the original one is actually not scary, like they tried to make the new one. But uh, yeah, those two fall outside of our era, but definitely some scary ones that for some reason my brain still saw, despite my better judgment. <laughs> Yeah, there was a massive boom in that early 2000 era of remaking kind of classic movies. Yeah. Um, and they were all bad. I don't know if any of them were actually good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they all shared the same nine bucks to be made. <laughs> yeah. Ho- hopefully it kind of did what you did and went back and watched the originals. I hope that that kind of helped kind of, you know, shoehorn in like little horror fans of like, oh, let me go check out the original one because I didn't right. know that existed. but. Yeah, we could do an, an entire episode of just remakes of like the early 2000s because mm, good it's grief. Probably. It's true. But we won't. We'll cut <laughs> that off there. 
what is your good, bad, and ugly with horror movies? Let us know. We're still out there. We're on Twitter, at PassForwardCast. We're on Instagram, at PassForwardCast. We have email, PassForwardCast at AOL.com. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you guys. And let us know if you're still listening. Are we talking to nobody? <laughs> Hello? Are there horse socks? Of course not. There's Anyone listening to me? Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening and for keeping up with us. We haven't stopped. We're still there. So stay subscribed. Keep checking back with us. And we'll have another episode out soon. So until next time. There is no one like you left. <laughs> Happy Halloween, guys. <laughs> Later, snorks. Pass Forward was recorded in front of a live studio audience at Nickelodeon Studios at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. Not! Hey, Clavis! Wake up! The show's over. Oh, yeah! Kick it!